And they kicked the ever-loving shit out of us. The score does not even reveal the difference in these two teams. If this was a fucking fist fight, or a gang fight, which most of you don't know one fucking thing about, we would be dead. Swing it and drive! Uh, you do it again and I'll knock you right in your nose! I didn't touch you! You wish your I did not! Now you're lying! God damn, you're lying! Second dick! How can we fucking get picked up in first base? All the ass is in the death box now! This is your commissioner live from New York City, from the league offices in Astoria, Queens, coming to you with season two, episode one of the commissioner's office podcast for the Gamma Omicron Baseball League. Folks, it's been a long time since you've heard my voice on these airwaves, and I'm so excited to bring back a full season of baseball. No more 60 game bullshit. We are back. The keepers have been locked. The prices are set, and we are ready to go. To my left, I am so honored to tell you that I'm sitting next to the king of Queens himself, Michael Mesmer. Mikey, how are we doing? Such a fascinating time for us. Uh, just so happy to be back. Looking forward to uh, what the next couple of weeks bring, and uh, I'm looking forward to get started. To his left, New York's newest resident, Derek Michael Malakowski, in his sloppy tuna sweater. So beautiful. Derek, a couple things here. How are you enjoying your time in New York thus far? Could not be happier. My only regret is not buying in sooner. Yeah. With that being said... I have heard rumblings of a new team name for the zoo. And I would like to address those rumors right off the top. Can you confirm that there have been discussions about a new team name? Is there a new team name coming? And if there is, please inform us. Yeah, so upper management had some conversations over the last couple months. Um, What it came down to was the fans in the Kalamazoo area were a little confused by the move. It was something no one saw coming. Um, so what it came down to was the zoo name needs to remain the same, but we obviously no longer reside in the zoo, which becomes quite an issue. So I would, I would check the app in the coming days and you will see, you will see the change. Okay. Well, I'm sure everyone's looking forward to that. So as I mentioned in the, in the, in that beautiful intro, um, it has been a while since we've all talked and, and shared our thoughts on these airwaves. Um, we had so I thought we had some good episodes last year. I think this year with the full season, hopefully some more owner buy-in. I mean, God forbid if someone cared about this fantasy baseball league other than the people who live in New York, that would be outstanding. Um, we are going to have some outstanding content this year. But I think it is important to set the table for the draft and give everyone where they're standing in the league 
Um, we're gonna go into each team's keeper. We talk about breakouts, bust, you know, favorite keepers, whatever. Get into the five dollar free agents. Maybe do a little power rings at the end. Then maybe a little general discussion. But before we get into that, I I do have two owners who have both won multiple championships. The only two owners in the league who have done that, and I would like to pick their brains a little bit. Um, you know, if we can just get a ten thousand foot view of your team. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about your team more in depth later. Um, you know, we're going to save our three teams for last. Uh, we're going to talk about everyone else's team, make sure we get a good, healthy conversation there. But, Mikey, give me the state, the Reader's Digest version of the State of the Union of the Hamptons. I, excited as always. We obviously we reload each year. Um, obviously, there were, there were whispers, there were rumors from the cheap seats last year that we couldn't do it. I believe it was a one four and one start or something along those lines where obviously we come roaring back, uh, get defeated by the merciful Dark Lord in the last round. Kudos to him. But again, this team is never out of it. There's a certain formula to it. There's certain guys we're looking to add to the culture. Um, a bit of a different approach this year, kind of adding some of these big gun pitchers, kind of alleviating some of the pressure that we've put on the scouting department in the pitching, uh, you know, the pitching categories um, of years past. So a lot of money to spend, you know, plenty of work to do, but optimistic and an exciting time with, you know, a lot of moves to be made. That's great. Are you at all concerned with the, obviously a heavy pitching team, lots of money to spend. Are the, do you feel the names are there on offense? I think the names are there. Um, It's, you know, it's veteran guys on the back nine of their careers. Um, I think there's enough there when we look at the rest of the owners and teams of as far as what, how much money they have left, how much money the Hamptons has left. Um, so I think there are deals to be had. Uh, the trade market, I think, is still warm, you know, after the flurry of moves we've seen the past couple of weeks. So not done there yet, but I think knowing the pitching staff is in the place that it is, uh, we can focus on the bats and hopefully make some moves moving forward. Absolutely. And that's just an outstanding answer. Derek, I'm going to throw it over to you now. A team that looks fairly different than it did probably a month ago, a month and a half ago. What, um, you know, in, in very Irish crickets, nice. In very much Malakowski style, you have decided to build through keepers in the offseason as opposed to through the draft. Um, talk to me about where your thoughts are with, with your with your team. Yeah, so I think it's no secret um, the zoo has historically struggled with the draft. Reflecting back to last year, a la Corey Kluber, Ken Giles, and uh, David Price, there's something close to $80 for one inning worth of pitching there, which is uh, not great. So we, we went toward the keeper route. Uh, a couple of things I'd like to highlight. There's been some criticism thrown the zoo's way unfairly the last couple of years. I mean, we're about, not talking about your team yet. We, I'm just for the 10,000-foot view. It's a different team than, than what we saw a month ago. I, I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about your team. No, 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 that's all right. Um, there's a couple weird keepers in there, which we'll get into later, but I think it's a very safe team is what I'll summarize uh, as. Okay, I think it's an absolutely fair assessment. So... The last month, we have had a very 
exciting, I would say maybe, flurry of trades. I mean, what do we make of this? I mean, do we feel the teams that made the trades got better or do we think it's a net nothing? Do we think certain teams got worse? Any additional thoughts there? I, I feel we should address some of the trades. If we feel that one sticks out, Mikowski, you were, you had Alonzo, and a couple, the offense for you looks almost entirely different, I think. Yeah, I think there's two or three of the same. The rest are gone. There's a trade or two I regret. There's a trade or two I like. Um, that's all we're going to say at this time. <laughs> the zoo, well, there's no further comment this time. I, uh, I think I'm in the same, similar boat as, uh, not only the commissioner, but an owner in this league. I think uh, I would be fairly critical of some of the trades I made in this offseason. But without further ado, let's jump into it. It's This is the time where we can applaud people that maybe we wouldn't say in the group chat, or we can absolutely roast some people. I think there's going to be some owners that do not like what they hear. I think there's going to be other owners that are going to be surprised what comes out of my mouth um, and maybe my uh, fellow co-host. But without further ado, I'm going to start with Last year's champion in a 60-game season. I'm not going to go as far as to put an asterisk on it, but I'm just going to say champion during the 60-game season. He is a man of uh, very few words and uh, very few other things. His name is Travis Tyler, the Dark Lord himself, finally cracking through and getting that championship, that, that fantasy championship that many of us thought would be Fairly easy to him, being the sports brain that he has. He brings in a fairly different team, but not too much different. I don't know. Uh, I'm very interested to see where you guys stand on him. Mikey, I'll throw it to you first. Let's get your thoughts on this as he enters the draft uh, coming off the championship year. Yes, truly an unprecedented year in so many ways, uh, certainly with Viss taking it all home. I like the team. Um, you see he has some bats, you see he has, uh, some pitching, you know, the majority of this roster is set at this point. Um, I think he has around 75 bucks to play with, you know, do I have just the utmost confidence in this executing a great draft? You know, I don't at this point, um, losing Yelich in the off season, uh, doesn't matter what you get back. It's always going to be, you know, a big question mark. And when you give up a player of that caliber, uh, but Bueller, you know, at the top of this rotation, Hendricks, uh, Ryu, you know, he has plenty of names, plenty of plenty of depth. Um, it's going to, can he build around it in the draft with what he has? I'm not sure, but I think the floor is there for this team to be, you know, right there competing, uh, you know, throughout the season. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, I look at the team, um, you know, my thoughts, I, I thought I really got the best of him in that Lux price for Woodruff trade. The re- early reports out of Dodger camp on Lux were not great. Um, they were talking about, you know, you hear a lot of these teams building up their prospects. They hear great things from the alternate side about so-and-so. And the Dodgers have not been saying that about Lux. Uh, and as soon as I heard that news, I could not wait to trade him. Um, but having said that, I mean, you look at the pitching staff. It, it's Price, Paddock, McCullers, Urias. Uh, Alcantara, whatever. I mean, Hendricks, Ryu, uh, Kyle Hendricks, Walker Buehler. That is a solid pitching staff. 
he doesn't have to spend a single dollar on pitching in the draft if he doesn't want to. Um, and there's certainly spots to address in the offense, and he'll have the money to do that. Um, Akowski, I will, with that in mind, throw it to you uh, when it comes to Biss's team. I would love to hear your thoughts. I know we have some thoughts on the keeper, $5 keeper at Ian Happ. Yeah, um, so first I want to address, and this is going to be a reoccurring theme. Um, I think we're seeing it this year more than ever. Either you have a lot of money or you don't have money. And with $87, unfortunately, I think this falls into the you don't have money category, which 87 might seem like a lot. But when you have some big hitters coming in with a lot of money, 87 is not going to get you the guys you want. So while I think Viss's pitching is quite good, I think his offense is close. If he's got his eyes on a like a Charlie Blackman in the outfield, he simply will not be able to afford it. Um, so I think that is going to be an issue for him. And as Winston touched on, Ian Happ, I don't love it. I don't think it's awful. I think there's been worse choices as a free agent keeper. Looking, <laughs> look, look, looking at his numbers, if he gets the 33 home runs, 90 RBIs for $5, sure. Um, but he's not a guy people are targeting in the draft. No, so I, I think you could get him for $5. One compliment I'd like to give this, historically – this would keep anyone and everyone that he could keep. This year, I think he made some good decisions, and he let some guys go that I thought for sure were going to be staying. Um, so I, I think that's a, a marked improvement there, and that's good to see. Yeah, I, I look at this team, you know, coming off a championship, first of all, it's very tough to repeat. You know, you two are the only two people in the in this league that would know how to do that. Um, you know, I like... Abreu, I do think last year, I think that, I mean, that is the best Abreu is going to be. I don't think you're getting an MVP season there. Grandal at catcher, that is lock it in, no doubt. He's top five catcher, no problems there. Um, the additions of Lux and Alonzo for very cheap, could potentially sell a bet. Uh, Lux and Alonzo, we know what that is. I like those two bets for cheap. Um Ozuna, I think no-brainer. Staying in Atlanta in that ballpark, in that offense, I think it's no-brainer. Bellinger, obviously we'll keep, he's staying around. Uh, I think the I think the sell-off on Yelich was a, pre, a, bit, a bit premature, I should say. Um, that guy's an MVP. You know, the 60-game the season, I don't know about you guys, I'm not putting a ton of weight into that. Uh, we don't need to get into all of that, but I you know, like you said, Mikey, it doesn't really matter what you're getting at. You're just trading MVP, who was a five-category player. But look at the pitching staff. I mean, that could keep him in the in the week a lot of weeks. I mean, I like I like guys like Urias. I think he could be a solid performer for seven bucks. McCullers, another guy for four bucks. He is a guy that pitching for the Astros is going to be in a place to win a lot of games. Um, Price, everyone is kind of just forgetting about him because he didn't pitch last year. But I'm not I'm not jumping off David Price train. A year off for that arm might not be the worst thing in the world. Uh, again, a guy who will be pitching for a good team like the Dodgers is going to win. They have a chance to win a lot of games. Now, the Dodgers might do some weird things with their pitching staff. I don't know. But I, mean, I really like the pitching staff that this has put together. Um, you know, I think he is in that... Five to seven tier uh, with a chance to be in that top four tier. Um, but 
you know, I, I do feel that it's necessary for me to say this in the, um, because we didn't get on the airwaves after, but we do want to congratulate this on the championship. It was very much well-earned, and, um, you know, he has now joined a short list of uh, people who are um, can say they have won the game of Omicron uh, Fantasy Baseball League. So with that in mind, I want to jump to another just fascinating team uh, who has not won a championship, but has certainly been in a position to do so. And that is the Windy City Dynasty, owned by the uh, one and only Alex Stegmeyer, um, co-owned by Kurt, of course. Kurt, of course. Um, you know, they have done a nice job of putting together a solid list of names every season to compete in this league and find themselves in the conversation come September. Um, and, you know, I think last year has to be a tough year to swallow for Stag. I mean, he was the clear, in a way, favorite coming into the year to win this league. And I'm not so sure this year is any different, given the names that he's brought back. Um, but it just seems every year something doesn't go his way or he just – something. Something comes up at the wrong time. Uh, I don't know. But, Mikey, I'm going to throw it to you. Stegmeyer entering the draft. I can't imagine he's got a ton of money. I, I should pull up the numbers. But what are our thoughts on Steg? Um, it, it maybe what does he need to do to, to break through? I mean, he's got to make a trade. I mean, he had me dead to rights. Um, I won't go into details, but I, w- I was waving the white flag. And, again, Stegmeyer names his price. He does not budge. Um, you know, but where has that gotten him? Eventually, you're going to have to go in, go all in on a team. And last year, I thought one of the best teams heading into a season, a draft that we've seen. He still has what I think is a top three roster, but I do think the gap has closed considerably uh, with some of these other teams that we'll get into. Um, He's well-balanced offensively, plenty of steals to go around, plenty of star power. We know about the pitching. But the budget is limited. I think it's less than 40 bucks, something like that. So, um, you know, we're going to see what he does in the outfield. I think there are some opportunities um, in the outfield as far as investments are concerned. So we'll see if Stegmaier gets creative there. But eventually you have to decide if this is a team, you know, that's worth competing with, worth going all in on. I'm looking for Alex the third, as I say, to go in and make that move. Um, and he certainly has a roster to, again, be in that top four uh, tier uh, as we go into 2021. I mean, the pitching is just... Yeah, it's fantastic. The pitching, I mean, that's you look down the list, and it's... it's it's And we'll get to Noski later, but what Noski's offense is to offense, Stegmar's just to pitching. Flaherty, Nola, Bauer, but Bieber, Hader... Lamet, Castillo, Valdez. I mean, that is just a nice pitching staff. Kowski, I'll throw it to you. I know you probably have some more details on the numbers that Stake has to draft with. Uh, give us a little thought on uh, his team as, as we head into the draft season. It's funny you say that. I was just looking. Uh, with $38 to draft, he has $4.75 per position, which manipulate that how you will. Maybe you go all in on one spot and have a dollar for the rest. That's a personal decision. Um, I think that comes down to Steg's team. What you see now is essentially what you're going to get, which is a theme with a couple of teams. Um, looking at this team on paper, like when you have Jose Ramirez, Trevor Story, two guys who could go 
30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. That's huge. But he's had those guys the last couple of years, and it just hasn't gotten the job done. Um, the pitching is, I'd say, the best in the league. Um, but at some point, you gotta you gotta win. And I'm I'm not the expert. I don't know what he needs to change, but clearly something does. I think Mike had a very nice point about you gotta make the trades at some point. You're cheap guys. Maybe you gotta sacrifice them to win it all. His team, his choices, not mine. I there's two things I want to talk about, and I think you guys hit both of them on the head with the trades. I've been saying that for years. Stegmeyer has bitched out at the deadline, and it has come back to bite him. With that said, I want to talk about. I, I've been thinking about this because I've been thinking about this podcast and what I want to say. Trevor Story is a great player, and he can do it all, and he comes at a nice price. But what about the haul you could get if you, if Stegmaier reached out to a team like the Lovers that are probably staring down the rebuild or a team like Blue or someone who's Grant who's always going to, to overpay and just said, hey, Trevor Story for three of your best players. And like what would that would do great things to his depth? And especially the deadline when he could acquire players who are performing very well. And just push his team over the edge. Like last year, when his team was undefeated, how do you not just say, "I'm going to secure the championship"? I mean, do you, I mean, if you if you're always trying to build for the future, what are we doing here? You know. Yeah, I agree. I and to your point, it could be a preseason, but we've seen in this league that the deadline is very active, and people are going to target. Do I need the big bat? Do I need a certain position? Do I need saves? Do I need pitchers? And he has had opportunities to say, okay, even if even if it's not necessarily a need, I'm going to go all in and just keep adding bats, keep adding arms to the staff. And the opportunities are going to be there. They have been there. Is he going to make that move? Because, again, like you said, you could be building to the future, but eventually the window's closed. We just saw Viss win the championship. There's a lot of other owners out there that are well-positioned to at least be competitive. And once you get into, you know, that weak matchup, 10 categories, anything could happen. And you have to put yourself in a position. Eventually, you're just going to be throwing away 100 200 bucks a year uh, by not going all in. So I look forward to seeing what he does. Yeah, I agree. And, I keep, and I, the guy I really want to talk about, it could be a key part of this offense, George Springer. Age 31, just signed a seven, six- or seven-year deal with the Blue Jays. The numbers on guys who sign big deals at age 31 season are not, not positive. They're, the outlook is not great there. Do you guys think that, I mean, let's say Springer's on your team, are you keeping him for the price he was at? Or is that a guy that you may have let go back in the draft and see? You know, obviously, you know, with the money that's there – for the price he got him at, it probably makes sense. But is Springer a guy that, that you think is going to be someone who can uh, make it happen this year? Or do you think the, the Blue – I think Houston was a great spot for him. Do we think Toronto might be kind of where George Springer's career starts to turn? I think oh, – obviously, I preferred Springer in Houston versus Toronto. Um I agree with everything you said. That being said, given the state of the draft this year and the budgets, I'm probably keeping Springer for 26. I, I'm not writing home about it. I'm not thrilled, but I think that 
I think that's the right choice. Yeah, and just, I don't know, it's, uh, I'm interested to see what happens. I, mean, I think Springer is a guy who, who had a nice stretch in Houston. Um, and I, I think the Blue Jays Park is fine. The Blue Jays have, had, have a nice core of players there. It'll be interesting to see where they bat him. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's 31. You know, he's not stealing bases anymore. You know, well, it'd be interesting to see where the power goes. Um, transitioning from Stag. Uh, before we do that, there's one thing that we didn't do with this team that I said we were going to do this podcast, so we should do it with Stegs team. Give me your, give me your favorite keeper on Stegs team and a bust from Stegs team. Oh, I will go first because I can see you guys looking, trying to figure <laughs> that out. My bust is going to be Alberto Montesi. I think an injury is forthcoming, and uh, I think, you know, I mean, you're only keeping him for steals really to begin with. Uh, but I also could see uh, Aloy Jimenez. He doesn't really do it for me. He's really a one-category guy with power, doesn't run bases, doesn't really hit for a ton of the average. Uh, I guess you're going to get an RBIs. Uh, Springer, I think I could also throw in that bus category. Uh, my favorite keeper, I think I'll go Bieber. I think with the price I mean, and where he's at pitching-wise, how could you go wrong? Um, but, yeah, I mean, the stakes team is tough to find a bus because I think the floors are pretty high for a lot of these players. Yeah, I, I really don't have any qualms with Stegg's decision-making when it comes to keepers. Maybe Sano as a guy that we've just been waiting on and waiting on and waiting on. And at, in this day and age, I, I know they're coming out with a dead and ball and everything, but the guys that bat 220 and hit 30 home runs are just a dime a dozen, you know. And not to say that Sano has a bad price, but, you know, is there room to improve upon that perhaps? But, you know, I think, I think Stegg, uh, you know, did quite well as far as keepers are concerned. Yeah, to echo Messi's thoughts, there's really no one here I look at, I'm like, oh, why did you do that? Um, if I had to pick somebody who might be a bust, Castillo for 18, injury there, I, I, I might not be the greatest. Um, and then, I guess to echo Winston's thought, Bieber, you got to love that for $12. Yeah, I mean, what is he, like, top three pitcher now? Yeah, I mean, he's, that's he's in the top four, whatever, however you want to rank those. Jumping over to someone who um, is in your guys' fraternity of champions, uh, a team that I think has done it the right way, has been so impressive, someone who came into the league with, I, I assume, very little baseball knowledge and really built a contender from scratch. Uh, Derek Stockman, uh, cha- 2019 champion, and he... Very similar stag, I should say, returns. Very similar lineup. Uh, a few changes here, a few changes there. Um, and I think we want to talk about these guys back-to-back because they are probably top tier, top two, tier one of this league right now. Um, $5 keeper, Alec Baum. I love that guy's game. I think uh, him in that Phillies lineup, too, really plays nicely. Good ballpark for him. Adding Shohei Otani via trade is very interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Otani does on the pitching side. Um, he obviously has the possibly the best player in baseball right now, Fernando Tatis Jr., um, at a shortstop position that is, is stacked this year, I think. And then he has the guys like Bregman, LeMahieu, Turner, that he has bought in on since what seems like 2016 that have really 
bolted him or bolstered him to where he is today. Um, the pitching staff, I mean, you got Cole, Barrios, Keuchel, um, Gallon. He added via trade from Grant as well. That came with the show at Tani. I mean, we're, I mean, there's not a lot to dislike here. And uh, look at the team. I don't see another reason that. I think he's got to be disappointed about last year's turnout. If things didn't quite play out well for him, but I don't see another reason that Derek uh, can't compete for a championship this year. What do you think, guys? I completely agree. Um, let me look at these players. It's just everything you'd want from people you're keeping. Um, I think he's going to need to bolster that rotation a little bit in the draft. You think so? With Cole? Or, my always thought, I mean, Cole is the number one pitcher, I think. Mm-hmm. And then you have Barrios, who's probably, what, number 13, 14? Yeah, I mean, roughly, maybe. The clubhouse yeah. And then Gallon, probably the number two starter in that staff. So, as someone who owned Gallon, he could I I could eat crow in six months, but he has never really put together like last year he was great, but outside of that, like I don't think Gallon's really proven yet to be a consistent guy. Um, and that aside, that still leaves three open starting pitching spots. Like I, I think it's a great rotation. I I think I'd feel a lot better about it if he had, you know, I think Grinky's the number one arm in the draft. Someone like that, you bolster it with that. Um, um, one concern I have offensively, and this is kind of nitpicky, with two offensive spots left, he's projected for 254 home runs, which is on the lower end of everyone in the league. Granted, that's very rough. Like, Mike has seven spots left, so that's a lot of home runs there. Very preliminary research. Um, but I do think he's going to need to get some power bats. I was surprised by the Marte and Kane keeps, but I think that also is Stockman looking at the draft and knowing people are going to have money. Those guys are going to go for more than that. So I don't, I don't hate it, but I just did not expect him to do that. Yeah, I yeah, and we'll get to. Uh, I, I I have issues with Kane keeps well. Mikey, your thoughts on Stockman's team? <clears throat> yeah, I think it's I think it's going into the draft. It's Stockman and Steg. At the top, the core of Turner, Bregman, Tatis, and Cole. Those four guys you you can put up against anybody. The one name I'm going to throw out there that I really want to watch. I think it's a match made in heaven. Stockman has 70 bucks or so. Joey Gallo. Offense, Kowski touches on the home runs. I think there's a perfect fit there. Um, Otani, um, you know... Great name, fun to own, I could imagine. But eventually, he's going to have to do this multi-position thing or he's not going to do it. So, yes, could he all put it together? He could. I think at this point, the most likely scenario is he ends up as a long reliever. He throws 80 innings this year, and he's more so of a DH that gets 350, 400 at-bats. So... In that scenario, is it the most probable scenario? I don't know, but how valuable is it to have that guy? You know, at the price point, it probably still is, but something to watch for. But Stockman's in a unique position where he has some serious horses already in the barn. He can play around. around. You know, the Hosmers and the Caleb Smith, I I understand why he's keeping them for the price. I don't love the players in a vacuum. However, he's got some money to spend to supplement as he needs. You know, I agree with Kowski. The pitching might be tough to come by in the draft. 
you know, he might have to make a deal or two along the way, but I think there's enough outfielders there. We can talk about Charlie Blackman, but to off of Kowski's point about the home runs, I do look at Joey Gallo as a possible fit there. I, I really do like that because he's got a lot of high at batting average guys in that offense where you can you can add Gallo and you can set him in and not worry about the batting average. Whereas some other teams, you know, that are going to average 250, 260, that Gallo average is going to really bring you down. And Derek could add that batting average, no problem. Set him in the lineup every day, forget about it. No worries. Home runs are all he needs from him. I think that's a great point by both of you. Uh, the Otani stuff, I, he's such an interesting player to me. He showed his first season, he was so nasty on the mound, and he was so impressive. But I, I, he's becoming a player for me where the, 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 just the idea of him being both is taking away from him being good at either one. Like, he would be a better hitter if pitching wasn't a thing, and I think he'd be a better pitcher if hitting wasn't a thing. For me, as a person who has owned him in the past, I, I enjoy him as a hitter. He sprinkles all five categories. It, you know, I think, like you said, Messer, I think best case, he is a long reliever who you can say, hey, you pitched last night, we'll give you a day off hitting, but like you're a DH. You know, I, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I think this team is a great fit for him. I think it's a lineup where... This guy could, at eight bucks, could just be a guy who makes a difference. If he gets those three fifty at bats, steals ten bases, hits twenty home runs. Um, but I mean, host, I mean, it's uh, it's a very interesting team. I, I I look at it and there's like two guys that just like stick out to me. You know, I think that all of them are no brainers at keeper. Marte, I think, like says the uh, Kowski. Um, given the budgets and the players, I think Marte's no-brainer. I'm still trying to figure out Lorenzo Cain. And I don't know if you guys feel similarly, um, but I think my bust for this team would be Lorenzo Cain. I mean, I don't know exactly what his price is, but I think it's in the teens, and I just don't see that um, as a valuable Keeper spot, uh, the one, I think the my favorite keeper would be Alec Baum. I love that kid's game. Um, so I would look to him as uh, my favorite keeper. Yeah, after looking closer, Kane for $7, which, you know, whatever. No, he's not in teams. No. Um, projections are, are projections all they are. 21 stolen bases, a 277 average for $7. If those hit, definitely worth the 7 bucks. I'd say. I didn't know that he was... I, yeah, I think he's. We'll he's, have to double check that. Yeah, I think he's he's on the downward spiral. Maybe my seven dollars is wrong. I, that's very possible. Um, but I don't. It, it seems like a guy you could get for four dollars, but I'm not going to nitpick three dollars. We'll get to my team later and some of my decisions. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean I, Stockman has done as good as any owner when it comes to putting together a team that has that is built to compete year after year. I, I have been very impressed uh, with Stockton. With that being said, we just talked about three owners. This coming off a championship. Stegmaier, who's in it every year. Stockton, who was won in 2019. 2019 sorry. 
let's transition to someone who has struggled over. Well, I don't know. I, mean, I don't want to say Blue struggled. I mean, he he took a team, a Lovers team that won thirteen games in a row in the semifinals to a tie, and the Lovers lucked out with the. Uh, the tiebreak there, maybe a little commissioner's office love even involved. But Blue is coming off a, a very bad 2020. It, not just in the performance, but just in overall ownership. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot of energy surrounding this team. Sometimes I wonder if they're even awake in the front office. Um, you know, I know he bought a house and he got a dog and like, those are all great, but like, what's the fantasy baseball team up to, you know, I mean, personal life, you might be doing fine blue, but like, you're only judged by your fantasy baseball team when the airwaves are on. So I think the trade for Soto, I think he got a nice haul. I think that that's probably the biggest story when we talk about blues team. And he's got, I think the catcher spot is tied up nicely with Contreras Guerrero Jr., you know, the, the early early reports on him are nice. Hira, I think me and Mikey could not be higher on that guy. But the strikeouts are a bit concerning. Urshela, I mean, that guy is a stalwart. Corey Seager, I think is, well, I'll say that for a little later. Anthony Rendon, great piece. Um, but give me your guys' thoughts on Blue, and whoever wants to jump in first, feel free. I mean, I just don't feel like there's a commitment from ownership to winning. Uh, you know, I will not go that far. Any dealings I've had with Blue have been very professional, um, you know, very beneficial, I hope, for both teams. What I will say is I think there's an awkwardness as far as, you know, this is a guy with a lot of money with a very serious lineup all already put together, but where are you going to spend that money? Well, we talk about the pitching. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from the, the keeper deadline is the starting pitching is more barren than I think we've ever seen. You know, the bats kind of ended up, you know, being there. I think there's, you know, 12 to 15, you know, top 125 pl- type of players that kind of are falling within that range. But then it's Zach Renke and, you know, a bunch of other guys that you're kind of making a bet on. So I look for, you know, Blue, you know, he's got Severino kept. Strasburg, you know, the Lava Lamp boys are, are there. I think Snell's going to have a fantastic season just just for the sake of moving from, you know, the DH to the NF, NL. No I DH team. I to talk about Snell, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Yeah, I have serious concerns. Serious concerns. And I, I think a lot of people are overvaluing him because they think he can go deeper into games mm-hmm. because the Rays were taking him out early. But if you look at his... He does not often go more than five to six innings. I think he is going to struggle going deeper. And now you made a good point for deep takeaway DH. Not watching in the American League East will probably be a nice bump. But I think people might be overvaluing the move. They, I think that people are just thinking that Snell was screwed over by the manager a few times. But I think he does have problems pitching deep into games. Yeah, I agree. When you think about Blake Snell, I don't think innings pitched comes up as the first thing. I think between moving f- from the AL East to the NL West, um, you know, he's going to be facing the Colorado Rockies quite often, you know, things like that. Uh, no DH is going to help naturally. You know, is Blake Snell's probably going to top out at 160 innings. 
right? But but those 160 innings are going to be pretty good, um, I feel. And I think the you know the top 10 percent, uh, you know, of what Blake Snell might be, it could be another Cy Young. So I think as far as like a guy leading your staff is great. I mean, German Marquez, you know, is a fan crafts, you know, pitcher. I, I don't know if he's ever put it together. I don't, I probably won't at this point. Lazardo, a lot of people like, uh, you hope he stays in the rotation. There's, there's a precedent that he could just move to the bullpen anyway. Strasburg and Severino I touched on. So that's my point with Blue is, like, he has a ton of money, but you wish there were more pitchers in the draft that he could spend that on. So I'm hoping if if there is a move to be made, maybe it is flipping one of these bats for two pitchers, a one-for-one, something like that, just to even it out a bit. Something like Glass now, who knows? You know, Glass now is the name that gets thrown around, but you know, I'm not saying it has to be me. It could, it could be, it could be, no, could be a lot. Serious, it could be a lot of different pitchers. Serious concerns with the pitching staff, like yeah, Strasburg. You hit on it. Like Strasburg and Severino, the level of the level of twins. If those guys don't do it, the Blues pitching staff is fucked. And the with Strasburg on those guys with Strasburg, the lava lamp gets dimmer and dimmer. <laughs> Every single year. You don't even know if that thing's on. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, he has some very serious bats. Corey Seager, I think, is undervalued heading into this year. I mean, he's he, he could have a moss here. Rendon, maybe just entering the back nine, as we said, as, but still going to be serious value. So, I mean, of, I think about Vlad Guerrero is if there's anyone out there that's still buying the hype, that could be a great opportunity to flip for a few pitchers there. So I wonder, but, you know, again, if he goes into there with 150 bucks or whatever it is and spending it on Granky and, you know, my good friend Kevin Gossman and, you know, things like that, <laughs> you know, I just don't, it's just you have to play the draft in that sense in this yeah. league. So that's something I, I definitely want to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um. I think Mike hit the nail on the head with the pitching. I I reached out to several teams regarding he was mid twenties, Zach Grinky, and I received not very favorable responses, which is fair. That's not something you want to get people up for. But I think looking at this pitching, if you put Zach Grinky in there, I think you'd have a little more confidence looking yeah, at this what team. Would you want, what would you have asked for in return? Let me ask you that. A bag of balls. I'm not keeping him. You give no, me give me a specific. Give me a name. We'll sing trust. I don't. I don't care. Somebody I can keep. It could be. So you, you want a blue trade top eight catcher for? No, I don't have to be a catcher. Anyone, literally anyone he kept. Maybe suppose And then blue wasn't the only one. It I was. Mean, well, I'll just throw an example out there of Lad Guerrero for Tyler Glass now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would like that, wouldn't you? I, I'm not saying blue specifically that. If he doesn't like the trade, that's fine. I am saying, I do think Greenkey is going to go for more than $30 in this draft, given the budget people have and the need for starting pitching. I mean, the, wow, yes, that's awesome. I, I, agree. I mean, I, I'm, I think Greg is going to, I think, uh, I think there's very specific teams that could have taken on Greg. I think Stockton's team would, would love Greggy in that pitching staff. I does, don't does think Stockton have Blue that budget? The guy that would have taken on the numbers mm-hmm. for Greggy. I think Blue is in a spot where, He's looking at that is probably not going to win the championship and probably not going to compete for a playoff spot, all things considered, if we're being honest. I mean, it mm-hmm. could if they make the proper trades, I think. Yeah. Not, for, not with Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke. I think Zach Greinke. No, I don't think Zach Greinke is enough. So that being said, you look at if 
if Blue is not going to compete this year, Robert five dollars, Grisham two dollars, yes. Urshela one dollar. Right. Sever- let's say Severino bounces back from Tommy John and is great. Yeah, next year that's a scary, scary team. Those that's are some. Great. Um, I. So why would he? I, I, I'm just saying from your perspective. I'm not. He's not the. Then, then, I, it, 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 I, I I didn't. I'm not calling out Blue specifically. I'm saying if he wanted to compete, that was a guy who was available. Um. Pivoting from that, I cannot help but notice there is no free agent keeper on this team. That was a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Which, if you have no one you wanted to keep, I I can't say I scoured the people on the market, but I have to imagine there was somebody, whether it be a potential superstar in the makings, a la Franco, or somebody who will get you 25 home runs, a couple stolen bases for $5. Yeah, and I have a serious problem with this. The commissioner's office is not happy, to say the least. To me, not keeping a $5 keeper is uh, ownership malfeasance. It's wrong. The fans should be throwing an uproar. It's disgusting, truly. It is so bad. The, the $5 keeper is free. It's a free player. It's a player you can say, I have... I, I get him, he's mine, and he's mine for five, then he's mine for eight, then he's mine for 13. In this day and age where the prospects are so talented and they are, they're, the, and you have, and Blue, what was the what was the amount of money he has to spend? 150 something? $150. What are you pitching pennies for? You don't want to, you don't, there's nothing out there, what was it, there's nothing worth keeping? Give me a break. Wander, well, Wander Franco is in the lovers' roster. <laughs> Designing, <laughs> to be fair, so, to be fair. fair. But even that being said, how do you not, how do you not reach out to someone to make a trade? To me, that's just a, that someone who's not paying attention. That's what it comes down to. But even so, if you couldn't get someone to trade or something, Scour the way I mean, Domingo Herman is going to pitch for the Yankees, who have a great offense, who are going to win games for five bucks. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Yeah, to echo that, I mean, there have been some bad free agent keepers in the past. Misses in the bathroom, so I'm going to say Kevin Gosman. <laughs> um, but for five, yeah, for $5, I mean, no one's going to shit on you for a bad $5 pick. It's To sit the $5 keeper yeah. out entirely it just tells me that someone who's not paying attention doesn't know what's going on. Because I could go on, I could go on the waiver wire right now and find a five dollar keeper for blue that's probably more valuable than someone's on his his team right now. It makes no sense to not take advantage, especially with an MLB. The, the way the league is going, the young players are coming. How do you not take a chance and get in on the ground floor at a prospect for five bucks? And like like the lovers have done so often with Sanchez. Robert, Giolito. The lovers have done a great job in the $5 keeper. And I just, I, to me, I just can't understand why someone would sit the $5 keeper situation out. I imagine Greg Bird is available. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talking about free agents. <laughs> Moving on. Yes, and that is, I just, that's tough. Um, so the next team we're going to get to, I pulled the list here, Hannon. The newest sole owner, I should say, uh, in the league, 
Um, there was uh, some tough conversations that still need to be had. And if does not simply does not know, um, but he has been forced out and his hostile takeover, full control of the team. A team that was very quiet in the offseason, very hard to negotiate with. Um, not necessarily in a bad way. I think I do think it was by design. Um, but um, you know, I think I'm kind of impressed by the team they've put together. Um, I, I wish Kosky was here to give me the budget. Uh, but look at the team. I think they're gonna be. Okay. He's got like 115 bucks left. Again, it's just like I don't know where that's gonna be spent. I think the pitching needs to be addressed. Um, you know, I look at the pitching. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the starting pitching is going to need some help at some point. Um, but looking at the offense, I think it's okay. I think that's not going to be bad. Um, you know, I think the trades he made right at the keeper deadline were beneficial. I know he is pushing Javier Baez, so if you're out there and you, you would like to add a shortstop or, you know, maybe a utility or middle infielder, reach out to him. Uh, but Mikey, you know, Gun to your head. What are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, I, I think they're closer uh, than they were last year. Again, it's you know a team that has to be built up. Do I see it yeah, as... Took over a graveyard. People took that. over a graveyard. An insult to graveyards, really. Um, I mean, it was bad. Uh, so, I mean, again, a team that's building, a, a team that, having said all that, is probably in better shape than I would have guessed. I mean, do we, if I could air this out, I mean, do we know what happened with Nicholas? And I don't think Nick knows what happened to Nicholas. Does Nick know? Well, I, there was some, there were some disagreements as of trades. Some quick triggers were pulled on Nicholas's end that um, Hannon did not authorize. Um, <laughs> and I think from a commissioner's perspective, it was very tough to, to watch them operate as, as co-owners. Um, I think I think there's a role for Nick in the H and H organization as maybe the PR team, um, but I, I don't think he fits the bill of a fantasy baseball. No longer managing partner. <laughs> but no, I think Mikey, I think you made a good point. Like I, I think it's better than expected. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to win the league, but I don't mind it. I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. I think the trade or two he made at the deadline really bolstered that offense. That's where I look at it now, and I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty solid offense. And, you know, big weak spots. The pitching leaves some things to be desired. Um, if Chris Sale comes back and is Chris Sale, phenomenal. If not, you get Charlie Morton, Soroka, and Gonzai. I mean, there's work to be done. But I agree with what you said. This team compared to last year. Much better. Uh, Dominic Smith is a free agent keeper. Love that. I think he's in for a big year. Only problem there is going to be playing time. I, I, I think the Mets will find a way to get him in, but... It's also uh, the Mets. It's going to be tough. I mean, it's, it's, um, you never know uh, with those guys. Uh, let's jump to... Moving right along, yeah. Christopher. Right along. Sleva. One of, I think, maybe the one of the most interesting teams... Um, and I'm just going to let one of you two go first because I think I have some thoughts on this team that maybe are not shared. I don't know, but I'm going to let whoever wants to jump in first feel free, and then I will 
build off that? The if you go for this sort of thing, which all league does not, that's fine. Price versus draft value comparison. The absolute worst in the league is Nolan Arenado. Arenado, fifty-five dollars versus a twenty-two dollar draft I value. I don't think that's fair. And I, I'm. That's a redraft league where it's 200, 340, 400 players are available. And I, I agree with you there. I, I think twenty-two dollars is abysmal. Um, just stating a statistic, just throwing it out there. I mean, this is coming from a guy who's keeping Bryce Harper for forty-eight dollars. Not as bad of a difference. <laughs> I mean, he's Bryce probably thirty-two. Don't you talk about my, my boy like that? Um, that aside, I think Kyle Tucker, Kevin Biggio, love those. I think Tay Oscar is a solid keeper for five dollars. I think Tay Oscar Hernandez goes underappreciated, some might say, over the last couple of years. He's put together a couple of consistent seasons. That pitching's pretty solid. Um, with $33 left over, I think he has a lot of holes he has to patch in. But overall, I don't hate to sleep a team. Yeah, and I'll just address it. I, I, I think the, the dollars in our league too often get compared to the dollars that Eric Carabella and Tristan Cockroft put on ESPN. They, just think about it very simply. There's less players in the draft, but the amount of money that people that draft with does not change. So automatically, you're going to add at least 5 to $7 to every player's value no matter what. So the Eric Carabella tells me that Nolan Arnauz is $22. That means nothing to me. In our league, it doesn't matter. If you are... Spending on big bets in the league, you are going to overpay no matter what. Whether you keep them or you draft them, you're going to overpay. So I, I have no problem with Sleva keeping Arenado for 55. I mean, would you, could you get him for, for 50 or 48 in the draft? Probably, but who cares? I mean, it's like with seven bucks. Um, Mikey, I'll throw it to you because I I'll, I think I probably have the most passionate thoughts about Sleva's team. So I'll, I'll, I'll finish it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm somewhere in between. I definitely understand the inflation that this league causes, and it's very difficult to evaluate, um, you know, players and keepers and this and that. But Arenado, when you look at the home and away splits, readily available f- uh, information, you know, this points to a guy that's going to bat 270 with 31 home runs. And... Those guys, the guys that hit 260 with 30 home runs are a dime a dozen. And listen, if you want to keep Arenado for 35, I understand. The name, you know, the consistency, you know what you're going to get. For 55, 54, whatever it is, it's a bit excessive. And I understand why you would keep Arenado. He's just such a fantastic player, but the move from course to any ballpark cannot be understated you know i think the cardinals uh bush stadium whatever it is 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 better than most but that 55 dollars for a guy that doesn't steal bases that's not going to hit for average is a lot and it's it's going to be tough to overcome the pitching staff it's i mean you could listen this is a cheap this is a cheap out you could say this for a lot of pitching staffs the injury concerns i think for this particular rotation is a bit higher than most Montas, Wheeler, Maeda, Lynn, 
uh, Jensen's deal dealt with just some uh, ineffectiveness recently. Kershaw, Kershaw, Corbin, Heaney. I mean, this is the lava lamp store. I mean, you got hippies coming in and out of this place. You got Jensen the back. You you got the classic vinyl. I mean, you name it. Led Zeppelin four on this one. Oh, this is this is groovy. This is a groovy pitching staff, if you know what I mean. So. And again, we, we go back to what's available in the draft from a starting pitching standpoint. It, it's just not great. You need a very keen eye as far as the starting pitching is concerned uh, to you know to maneuver yourself through this. So the pitching staff scares me. The the depth that he does have, I think, is going to be enough to take him through the season. You know, all these guys aren't going to be injured at the same time, but I do worry about the innings and the starts that are going to be made. Um, again, again, I, I'm in between you two as far as Ar- Arenado is concerned. You know, Acuna, Tucker, Biggio, Devers, Bichette, Voigt. He, he has plenty of guys to make up for it, but 55 bucks, especially when you look at what Sleeve has now, um, where he could be just if he let Arenado go, he could be in that Stockman range and have some more flexibility. You know, we're going to see what happens, but... Again, that's where I stand on Arenado. Yeah, I just I, I clearly differ from you two here. I just I look at what's available and I look at the money that the people other people have to spend, and I I just have, I have no no problem sleeping on keeping Arenado for fifty five. I, I I think that going against guys who have more money that just say I need a bat and I have more money to spend than you. I don't know if he would go for exactly fifty five, but like he's going, he would probably go for over forty. Like I think the decisions going to be made, would have to be made by someone eventually that Arnold would go over forty. Now, looking at Slater's team, do we necessarily need to spend fifty five on a big bat with Perez, Voigt, Devers, Bichette, Acuna, Tucker, Biggio? Having said that, if he lets Arnold go. For the draft, where else is the money going to go? You know, I, 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 I really have no. I mean, I as a as a guy who had Arenado, I was ready to keep him for fifty five. I just think the premium bet, even if it is two seventy thirty one, uh, you know, hundred RBIs, ninety five RBIs, eighty five runs. I I think that's worth it. I I think you're going to see in the draft. There's going to be someone overpay at Stanton. Someone's going to overpay big, and it's going to make the Nolan Arenado at fifty-five dollars look a lot less. By boring. someone, you mean yourself? I don't have the money to afford that. Um, having said that, I I like this team. Like, I think this is a good team. I like Maeda. I like Lynn. I think Jansen is scary. Um, Corbin also not great, but he's cheap. You know, you're not really losing much keeping around. Kershaw was very good last year. I, I, I was very impressed by Kershaw, um, the way he performed last year. Uh, you know, adding Wheeler, a nice solid arm. You know, I, I know Wheeler is twenty bucks, and he's he's more expensive than Sonny Gray, but like I I'm more I am higher on Wheeler than I am Sonny Gray. Montas is a big strikeouts guy who had a great 2019, uh, who 
did not perform well in 2020, but could very well bounce back. Um, and I'm not sure what Andrew Heaney's doing on this team. Sleva texted me before our trade and says Andrew Heaney, the one that died. So I'm not even sure he knows what he's doing <laughs> on this team. <laughs> but uh, they kept him. But um, you know, I think this team has upside. I, the, 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 the thing that bothers me most is second base to fill, second base shortstop. First base, third base. Second base, and is then the, two, and then outfield. I just don't think the players are there. He's going to be surrounding with. He's going to have a nice, beautiful five guys. He's going to surround them with dog shit. That's the problem. Second base is the weakest position in the draft this year, right? Well, it's one of the thinnest positions in the league. So I try. Theoretically, yeah. and yes, it's this yeah. the week. Yeah, I think Altuve, but that's a dangerous. And then after that, I think it drops off. Yeah. It's, it's very scary. That is my only concern with Sleva, but I, I don't mind. I don't mind the team as it is. Um, if he was smart, I think he would go into the draft. He would do some pre-draft scouting, which I know is a lot to ask for him. But you would look at some cheap players for the future and really build that lineup. Because if you build that lineup next year at this time, it could be one of the most dangerous teams in this league. So, after Sleva, we'll go to, oh boy, this one. <laughs> this one could go all night. Grant. One of the, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. If there is, if there is an Al Davis or a, uh, Man, I, I just looking at the famous owners, you know, you lose two games in a row, you got to trade somebody. This is that guy of this league. George Steinbrenner. Yep, George Steinbrenner. That's, there you go, Kowski. I mean, he has taken quite the aggressive approach to this season. Um, I mean, Juan Soto, Christian Yelich, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout in the outfield. A Rosarena, Bogarts. Freeman, probably one of the best constructed offenses we have seen heading into a draft. But then you scroll down and you see <laughs> Jess McKenzie go over. <laughs> what do you make of this? I, I'll just I'll start it out. I appreciate what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to go very heavily on relief pitchers. But I also don't think that he knows that people spend money on clubs. Last year... Stockman drafted Kirby Yates for $18. He doesn't have the money to go toe-to-toe for Aurelis Chapman. Kirby, he's not going to... He's going to be bidding on, you know, the guy from the Tigers, Joe Jimenez. He's not... It's, the whole closure thing is not going to... That's my thoughts. Yeah, I'm glad somebody's finally trying that. I know it's been, like, talked about for the last couple of years. Um, I, I Props to Grant. Those trade deadline deals were pretty impressive. I think this is the best offense we've ever seen. What the absolute worst pitching we've ever seen, so that goes hand in hand. Um, people are going to spend more on closures than Grant thinks. I think with the amount of committees we're going to see this year, if Grant has how many open spots? He's like, what, 10 open spots? If they're all closers, he'll win saves every week, and then he's banking on winning four or five offensive categories. I... More power to him. I think it's an interesting approach. That being said, 
post draft, I could see four trades going down, and then Grant has Degrom again and still has a good offense. So yeah, so I, I, I don't like projecting Grant. I don't. I don't have good. It's tough. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know, Mikey. Your thoughts on the way this, the way the the views from the upfield have been structured? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, clearly the best offense we have seen put together. I think over the past few years, no doubt about it. I think Kels brought up a good point where, you know, Grant might try something in the draft, but he could flip two of these guys for three or four starting pitchers and, you know, be right back in it and really not lose uh, that much on offense. I think what Grant might be doing is starting off with the best offense of all time and then slowly but surely pulling back off the point of diminishing returns, of trading off a bat one at a time, and then once he gets to that comfortable spot, you know, competing. And again, this is going to be a 21 week season, 21 games. So he has plenty of time to do it. But having said that, Gore doesn't even have a spot in the rotation. It's, we have not seen, you know, a team punt categories and have success with it just yet as far as winning a championship. So. Well, of course, of course, we've seen. We have seen some success to a certain extent. Absolutely, how dare you! But the disrespect in this room. Once, once you get past the draft, and then you don't have to worry about trout being seventy-five bucks. You don't have to worry about price tags. You know, maybe he starts there, and then maybe he just you know ante's up for a Chapman or or one or two guys, whatever he wants. So. uh if there's one thing I do know, this team is far from a finished product. It is going to change the shapeshifter, as we know. I mean, he, it's going to change quite a few, but as far as if you just stack the amount of talent that's on this team, it's it's top four territory. I mean, that's how good this offense is. I You know, is Grant uh, the baseball guy, the sabermetrics guy that can get it done? I, we haven't seen that yet. We've seen Stockman... Get over the hump. Is Grant the next one? I think that's one of the top questions heading into this year. I agree, and I think that's my biggest concern. I I would love, love, love this team if Stockman or Mesmer or Stegmeyer was the owner because there would be, I think the pitchers that would be drafted would be calculated. And the trades that would be made would be calculated. But I think Grant is so focused on the big names that it's just, it's going to be hard. It's so hard to trade for aces in this league. And he's not a guy that's going to want to give up Trout for an ace or Mookie for an ace. But in reality, you might be able to trade you know, Trout for two versions of Zach Gallon that would make his team better. You know, um, so I think I, I do, like I said, it, it, two trades away, and he could be, he could have a pitching staff and the whole thing, great. But I just don't know if the baseball knowledge is there to make that, to make that deal. And now we move to the primetime portion of the show. The hosts' teams will now be talked about. We're going to start with the King of Queens, the 
Maestro of Montauk. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, please. <laughs> <laughs> it was one with an E with East Hampton. Um, the Hamptons. Um, a two-time champion. Can never forget that. A team that started off 0-4 and, and then won their next 14 or 15 games. Um, a team that truly is building from the draft. Um, but has some nice, nice names in the lineup. Um, we kind of got your idea of, the, of your team, Mikey, early on. You know, where, like you said, you, mean you said it best, there are going to be weeks where Darvish, Giolito, Glasnow, DeGrom swarm people. It's going to go the other way. It's going to happen. Dude, obviously, the strength of this team is pitching. Kowski, since it's Mike's team, I'll start with you. Give me one of your concerns, and then we can talk about the positives. Yeah, um, not to pick the low-hanging fruit, but injuries with... Uh, I think the offense is currently kind of anchored off Judge as him being the lead at projected home run hitter. Ooh, he's got his teeth fixed now, but I don't think he's fixed his body yet. He, he can't play a full season. Um, I wish no ill on his pitching staff, but I don't think Glasnow or Giolito will see over 160 innings. Darvish always a concern. Tom has proved consistent to this point, but it's quite possible that you go off the cliff at some somewhere um, to the positives and to the point of Mike having not the draft. I don't know the number, but a, a decent percentage of his team was drafted by Mike last year. I think Mike has proven himself to be one of the best drafters in the league. And when you give him $154, that's kind of scary. Um, that little run we saw last year of, was it Blackman, Goldschmidt, and Arenado? Boom, boom, boom was eye-opening. So I think the spots he has to fill are going to be filled with the people he deems appropriate. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if there is a scouting team that's going to get this done, it will be, it would be this team. Like, if I if I owned this team and would hand it over to another owner, it would be no other than Mike. Um, I think... I, I do worry about the offense. Um, I, I do. I like Schwarber in Washington. I think I think he's going to get an everyday spot, and I think he's going to do well. Verdugo is great for the average. He's not going to hit the ball at his ballpark a ton, but he'll do it 20 times, and he'll hit 300, you know, 298. Guriel Jr., love that guy's game. Anderson, we know what he's about. Lau, so solid. With the double uh, eligibility at second base outfield, obviously Judge the captain, um, you know, and it's it's no it's no mystery. I mean, this team is going to be driven by the pitching. I mean, Darvish, Giolito, Anderson, maybe one of the best five dollar keepers of the year. I think. Uh, I think you're going to get every every penny and then some out of that. Um, the trade for Degrom. I did like that. Thought it took away some serious depth offensively. Um, what was the trade for DeGrom? was Smith, Torres, and Paddock, Paddock for DeGrom, who are now... Uh, Paddock and Smith are with Hannon. No, 
Soho Lovers. What? Oh, oh, Will, 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 Will Smith. Will Smith. Sorry. But thought that was a great trade. DeGrom to that staff is is really, really alarming. So, Mikey, we got your 10,000-foot view earlier. Now is your time. Talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't plan it out this way. I think it just happened. You know, you go down to Broad Street, you get some halal, you get some beers. I mean, things, <laughs> things start flying away. Bad things um, I mean, DeGrom, in some circles, some people will tell you, is the best player in fantasy baseball. You know, I, and I'm a huge believer in Acuna and Trout and Betts and all those guys, but DeGrom is a top five player in, in the game we play. So, uh, you know, when we talk about depth and keepers, um, you know, that was the deal I felt I had to make. Schwarber, I, I'm not going to say backfired because the season hasn't started yet, but that was a bit more of a bet on there being a universal DH. Yeah. Um, having said that, if you imagine the the Nationals lineup of Turner, Soto, Josh Bell, Schwarber, some serious on base guys ahead of Schwarber, um, you know I think if he could get you know the requisite at bats and be you know the everyday left fielder, if he hits, if he's the 2019 Schwarber, you're looking at a guy that might be, again this is this is on the far end of the spectrum, but 115 RBIs bet with those guys in front of him. So I think I'll get my money back there. Judge, I'm hoping for a bit of a, a turnaround as far as the luck. Um, you know, we know what he can do over the course of a full season. Tim Anderson, you know, all those guys you know. Verdugo, I think back to Michael Brantley in the old days, those are the guys that the Hamptons have built the team around, five category guys contributing all over the place. But, again, it's going to come down to the draft. Um you know, again, uh, you go back to last year, Arenado, Blackman, Goldschmidt, right off the rip. The team looks much different five minutes into the draft uh, than it does now. So I think the bats, you know, I think uh, it came out in in a good way as far as the bats being there, the pitching is not there. So I think that was a good bet on my part, and, you know, I think I think there will be uh, the deals to be had in the drafts, and you know I think there's going to be that twelve to fifteen guys on the offensive side of things that uh, we'll be looking at, hopefully uh, bringing into our culture, bringing into our clubhouse. So I look forward to it. Kasky, throwing it over to you. Good, give your thoughts. Um, did you already do that? I did already do that. Uh, just looking at. Oh, I was about to ask. Uh, should I order the retro mark now? Or do you guys want to play? <laughs> order the mark. Uh, yeah, final thoughts. I think this is the most bare-bones roster we have, unless I'm mistaken. Um, but I don't think there's any team who would rather be the most bare-bones than Mikey. Yeah, and to be clear, just so everyone knows, they are trying to add salary. I am because looking to add salary to my If you have team. an overpriced shortstop... Maybe named Javier Baez. Perhaps Javier Baez. Or Tyler Glass now. Bryce Harper. Vladimir Guerrero. Another idea I had. <laughs> Tyler Glass now is out. I just maybe heard a Glass now for Harper off of there. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we'll let that one marinate for a while. <laughs> but if that went down, I'm licking the microphone right now. <laughs> that would be alarming. Uh, it's going to be interesting. 
And now it's time to talk about my favorite team in the league. The Lovers. Probably the most talked about team this offseason. I would say they've been involved in many a trade. Um, I don't want to start off by talking about my team. So if I'll I start. throw it right to you. Cousin, please. Um, I expressed this concern earlier with the previous team. I forget which one. You have two spots to fill, I believe, offensively. Looking at um, 269 home runs, so on the lower end of two spots. There are a lot of keepers I love on this team, and I very much understand you are going with a, these are my guys, I will pay the price. I have not wrapped my mind around $80 for Rizzo and Bryant yet. But I don't think I ever will, and that's all right. Those are your guys. You got them, and you will have them. Kluber for 27 is a tough one to swallow, but I think he might not go for that in the draft. But if he has the year he's capable of playing for the Yankees, you're going to see a return there. Absolutely love Burns for $5, Woodruff for 23 Some filthy, filthy boys. Um... Garrett Hampson for a dollar. That could pay off huge. Love Lindor. I I am interested to see. I think you're going to be one of the more active owners on the trades this year. And I think buying or selling, you have pieces either way. You want to buy, you're going to buy, you're going to sell. You have pieces to sell. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I will uh, piggyback off that. Um I like this team. I think it has a certain a certain floor to it. You know, the Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo deal, I think it might define this lineup. That's a lot of money for guys that you're betting on, you know, you know, in Rizzo's case, continuing on, Bryant bouncing back. The pitching scares me a little bit. Burns and Woodruff for the innings, you do have them, I think are gonna be fantastic. Milwaukee very advanced. You don't know. I don't think any of those guys are 180 inning guys. So well, how many that's guys, honestly, right. Guy I mean, that's, yeah. that's low hanging for, for sure. But having said that, Stro- I mean Stroman, I like. You're kind of waiting on it as far as a guy that is going to put it all together and make everything click. Kluber for 27. That's a lot of monies. Is a lot for Corey Kluber. Again, I, I I mean I feel like I'm beating up a lot of uh, things. Mess, didn't you own? Were you the Kluber owner for a couple oh, of years? Oh, of course. Kluber was the captain uh, for the Hamptons for many years, but he was winning Cy Youngs at whatever cost I was keeping him at. <laughs> uh, Kluber could be, you know, have his own hot dog cart. You know, midway through the season, God knows what what well, happens. That's the Bronx. Again, you know, really good team around him. Apparently, he's looked good. Tough ballpark. You know, probably a tough division to pitch in. Um, you know, we'll see what Kluber does. I do not think Willie's going to get $27 back in return. Having said that, what's in the draft for pitching, you know, to have a guy, you know, it's I don't think it's the worst bet in the wor- worst bet in the world. So, you know, it remains to be seen. We know this team's going to be active. We know this team's going to change. There's going to be guys added. There's going to be guys given away. Um, again, I think Willie's... Where he is every single year, right in between, you know, that competitive, uh, you know, set of teams. So, uh, definitely a team to keep an eye on. Um, the pitching just scares me a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't think anything that you guys said is uh, 
I, I think you guys have used a word that I've used a lot is the word bet. I think I bet on some guys. Um, you know, look, I was looking at my team. I was, I was thinking about keeping Aaron out over 55. Um, and I looked at a trade that Sleva offered, and I could get Rizzo, Escobar, and Bryant for like 84. And I thought that was Didn't you get- a good deal. I got Hampson as well. No, I got Hampson for Grant uh, via a different trade. But, um, you know, I think that given the people that are available, I wanted to bet on guys. I, I thought, you know, Rizzo, Bryant could bounce back. I think Bryant is a contract year, former MVP. That's a guy I'd like to bet on. Is it a, is it a, is it a great bet? No, I'm betting, on, I'm betting on underdogs. There's no doubt. I'm, I'm happy to admit that. Um, but I think I wanted to give, looking at the people I thought were going to be in the draft, I wanted to say, I want to give this team a chance. And I think I've done that. You have Lindor, Correa, top three shortstop, top ten shortstop. Um, you know, if Bryant can find something and Rizzo can get back to form, um, Will Smith, a catcher. I mean, Messi, we could go on all day about him. Um, Hampson for a buck. If he steals even 20 bases, he'll be worth it. But, I mean, he could be on the waiver wire in the first week. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I think the lovers, they saw that with the money they could have, um, with the people that would be, avail- would be available, it wasn't going to work. And I think that they had to say, we got to piece it together, and we got to keep guys like Correa. we got to keep guys like Kluber. Um, and give our team a chance. And, you know, like you guys said, it, it, it could it could turn out bad. It could absolutely be a swing and miss. I, I'm happy to admit that. But I also think this team, you know, if everything goes right, they'll be in a, be in a conversation. Um, but, again, if, if Chris Bryant and Rizzo have great season and Kluber fails and this team sucks, but a couple of these guys pan out. Like Bryant, like I said, if he can bounce back, this team will be in a great spot to sell the deadline. And they will. And then if they can sell the deadline, and all of a sudden, you know, they've got Lindor as that uh, you know, piece to build around and build up guys like Burns and Woodruff in the in the bullpen and throw them in for four bucks. You know, this will be a team that could really have a nice. Um, Twenty twenty two looks a lot more friendly. Yep. And I, I think the draft also will be a nice spot for the lovers to hedge. Um, if they could say, hey, we can start drafting some guys for 2022 on the cheap. Um, and, you know, you just let this team do what it does. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what it, you know, like Messmer said, so you're betting on betting on Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and, and Corey Cooper, uh, really. And if, if those guys don't pan out, then, you know, it is what it is. But, I think the lovers piece together a team that can be in the conversation uh, really out of nowhere in the last two hours before the deadline, if you ask me. But we're done talking about my team, and now we're going to talk about everyone's favorite team. I'm not going to say the zoo because apparently there's a new name coming. I can't believe you wouldn't announce it on the podcast. That's just seems like a... You know, I don't know. I'm sitting in the room with an advertising guy. I think that, that you would announce it on the podcast. <laughs> that was really weird that you... We're going we're gonna to announce it now. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> so sorry. Oh. Uh, 
Well, do you do you want to start off by announcing it, or do you want do you want me to kind of give you a little intro? Or you, you tell me how he wants to play out. Uh, welcome to the zoo, is now formally known as the Broad Street Zoo, building off the new address in the new city. We want the fans to have some sort of recognition of where we came from and what they're looking at. Broad Street being, of course, me and Jameson's new address. We hope that we can continue the level of success we've seen with the old team name, but that is yet to be determined. The, the PR team did a really nice job there. I, I do like the Broad Street Zoo. I think that you keep the integrity of the original team name, you bring a little New York to it. Uh, I think that's great. Now, going to the team. I, I like what you've done, but I thought it was better to start the offseason. I have serious concerns about the pitching. I think you are banking on a lot of repeat uh, performances. I like Carrasco a lot. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Musgrove guy. Scherzer, the, the walks are up. The hard hit contact is up. Year over year, like the last three years, the walks are up. The, like, the home runs are up. $45 for that, I think, was a bit aggressive, but I think you would admit you would take that Freeman for Scherzer trade back if you could. Daddy was on the sauce. <laughs> I, I I have concerns about Bundy, but for $4, I'm not going to hammer you on that. Sonny Gray, the walks are up. It's just, we're banking on a lot of good repeat performances, which I know you like to do. That's that's your style. Um, having said that, I like the offense. I think Mancini's going to hit. I think Bryce Harper, we're still waiting for that big season. I know he has an MVP, but it seems like there's another one in there. Um, the Suarez, the projections are nice for him. I've never been a huge fan, but for this price, I like. Swanson, I'm a big fan of his game. Torres, another guy I'm a fan of. Mankata, obviously, I do like Conforto. You know, I think there's a lot of low-floor guys here. I'm sorry, high-floor guys here. The upside is what I think is really missing. I think you have a lot of floor, middle floor guys whose floor is mid to high, but you're missing the the juice, the high upside guys. Uh, Bryce Harper, I guess, would be the highest upside, but you're paying the most for him. Um, Mankata, I think there's some upside there, uh, but I think you've seen the best of Torres. I, I think you've seen the best of Swanson at that 60-game pace that he had last season. So, you know, maybe turn that into 160-game, you know, there. Um, well, throw some Mikey here. I, what are your, you know, you look at the team. Yeah, I mean, I like, I, I think it's like a 20% better than Winston's team. It, it, both teams are quite similar. I <laughs> think it's, both teams are quite similar where, a lot of these guys that had a nice season last year, um, you're betting on a repeat performance, not necessarily that they're going to improve. Um, I mean, there's enough starting pitching here where the injuries aren't much of a concern, but Carrasco, Bundy, Scherzer, Musgrove, you know, all have their concerns. You know, Musgrove is a guy that you keep around because of his fan graphs and his price, and it just never puts it together. Let me tell you. So, 
you know, in these these guys, I think of Caleb Smith with uh, Stockman that just give you a false sense of security because you're keeping these guys for a dollar, but end up you know just not performing well. You know, I think the offense. I think Kowski has always brought together lineups that produce that play well. I don't think this team is any different. Um, you know, especially the Mancata Torres up the middle. I think there's there is upside there. Those guys could put together some serious seasons. Bryce Harper, again, I think is a better keep than it. And Arenado is. You're gonna you're gonna steal a dozen bases. Um, you know everything like that. But again, the pitching is good. There's enough of it that I think Kowski is stuck with these guys, and he has to hope that they stay healthy and they repeat. But Again, Kowski has a certain floor established. How high the ceiling is, I think, is a weird question. Yeah, and before you go, Kowski, my biggest, not my biggest concern, but a concern I have is that I think if you do get in that conversation, let's say everything's going good for this team, I just don't know your trade pieces right now. I think you're going to have to find those in the draft. I don't know where, like, let's say Sonny Grace pitching well, Buddy's pitching well, Carrasco's pitching well, Freak's pitching well, Plesak's pitching well. Who the hell are you going to trade? That that would be my biggest question going into it. Or, you know, are you going to be able to trade Swanson or Torres or Mancata at the deadline to, you know, are you going to have the stones to do that to, to bolster the team? Um but no, I, I think that's hit the nail on the head. I think there's enough here. The floor, the floor is not the concern. But I really, really do think that um, you've set a standard on offense and, and you've met that again this year. And Torres Makata, I think that was a nice uh, point on the upside there. Uh, but I'll throw it to you, Cass, to kind of give your... Uh, yeah, a couple of thoughts I have. Um, I think Mankata improved greatly in 2019 and with him having the rona in 2020 i think we saw him sapped a little bit so i i i'm not sure if he'll repeat 2019 but i i am not holding 2020 against him i'm interested to see what he'll do there for 12 dollars. that's an experiment i'm going to bet on um harper is quite expensive in the past excuse me i've shied away from that and that's come to bite me. You got to have your superstars. Harper is the face of this team now. Let's see what he's got. Trey Mancini, pre having cancer, was hitting mid thirty home runs with a good average. I see no reason he can't do that now, post cancer, um, for three dollars. We'll fuck around and find out. Um, you you were correct. The Scherzer for Freeman trade. Somebody had a few too many Budweisers that night. That was not a good a good trade, but we're going to stick by it now that we made it. Um, Joe Musgrove, big concern, but for a dollar, who cares? We'll, we'll see what we can get there. Um, I think we'll see some regression from Bundy this year, but traditionally I am a team who also streams a couple guys a week. So if I can supplement the six or seven guys I have with a couple good streamers, I think we'll be all right there. Um I don't know. I I think the projections are very middle of the road, a couple optimistic, but I think very middle of the road for most of the guys. If they hit that and then we get a couple guys in the draft, we'll be fine. A couple guys excel, we'll be great.
I thought we would get into the power rankings and we, you know, go through our power rankings. I think we've gone on long enough. We've taken a deep dive into this league. We have really talked about a lot of stuff. I think power rankings this year would be more difficult than we've seen in past years as well. It's tough. I think you have to break into tiers. I think you got tier one, Stegman, Stock, Stockman, Stegman, Stockman. And then I think there's a fat, like, middle tier. And then I think you get into the third tier where it's like the third tier is tough because it's like I could put there's not like the separation of teams is not that big right now, but it's the ownership that that's that would drive the inactive there. owners. Yeah. Um, having said that, I think we wrap it up. I mean, this was outstanding. I thought you guys really. I mean, I could not be more honored to be here with the King of Queens and New York City's resident here in the uh, live from New York. It's it's Good Friday business. night. Friday night. We, you guys are quite all at the bars. <laughs> you know, doing the Frouse Joy Boys. Frouse Joy Boys. And we're in here. Busting our, our asses. You know, pumping ass for the league. <laughs> but, uh, no, we love you all, and Probably get a draft preview, I would imagine. I don't know. Maybe hey, we, we should. Do that. Yeah, we, we got plenty of time. Well, we wish everybody well, and uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. The 1-0, swinging a fly ball, left wow. field, it's wow. deep. It's way back. The Tigers are going to the World Series. Three-run walk-off home run. The Tigers have beat the A's 6-3, completed a four-game...